Hello and welcome to the Swine Disease Reporting System podcast. This is, we're going to discuss the report 20 of October 2019. My name is Daniel Linhares. Hello, my name is Giovanni Terza. Hello, my name is Edison Magalhães. And we are recording from Iowa State University. So, Giovanni, uh, first page of the report, we're going to start discussing the, the first page as usual. And the first page of, page of the report, we can see from the plots here that the regression uh, uh, analysis, so the cyclical regression analysis plots, is uh, demonstrating that PERS activity is in the lower limits of the prediction band here in the forecast uh, graph, and uh, w which is good, low PERS activity. But then looking closer here in the, in the, in the second plot, in the plot uh, D from that same page, it's showing that they, in the age category of growing finishing pigs, the percentage of positive cases is on the rise for a couple months now. So it's uh, it's it's increased, uh, but still consistent with the, the the two previous years, and and for the south farms uh, specifically, it's the number is going down. The number of of cases testing positive for PCR is going down for four consecutive months now, right? Uh, so what's what's your take on that? Well, the increase in detection of the winter marked animals is expected. For this time of the year, this has been happening in the late, in the couple of few few years ago until now. We see this in this moment, mm -hmm. and uh, with that, cooler nights that we had on the end of August, beginning of September, may have been contributed for that increase in detection of the winter marked animals. Okay, and so if the if this year we continue to see the patterns that were observed. Uh, uh, previous years, we can expect uh, another increase in detection in growing finishing animals for, 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 for next month, for October, and in South Farms it will be a couple months uh, from now or a month after the spike and grow, grow finishing pigs, right? That's correct. If you're looking for the data, that should be what we would expect to happen during October. Okay, and so for, still here in the first page, looking at the RFLP report or the RFLP types for PERS detected uh, uh, th this year, we, we can see that the predominant type it, it continues to be the 252, followed by, which is typically in most of the cases, a vaccine-like strain, and uh, followed by the two most common wild-type viruses are 174 and 184. And uh, we're gonna deep uh, uh, dive deeper on this RFLP report next month, right? That's correct. We are preparing some material to uh, explore what are the RFLPs that have been increasing detected during 2009 when compared with 2018. Okay. All right. So let's move on. The second page of the report is uh, about detection of enteric coronaviruses by PCR and more, more specifically, PED, Delta Coronavirus, and TGE. And the summary of this page is that TGE, uh, yeah, T TGE continues to be on, a, be on a, a very very low in detection levels. Actually, in, the, in this, this month, 
from uh, 2,200 tests that were non-detested positive. Sorry, 2,200 cases that were non-detested positive. So very, very low activity for, for TGE. Uh, and that has been true for uh, uh, last month too. Right, TGE in the low. And so uh, for, for PED, the level of detection of PED is similar to August for winter finish market. And in South, in South Farms is the lowest historical level of, of detection. For Delta coronavirus, there's a little uh, uh, increase here in the detection level, but still uh, more specifically in wind to, to market animal, uh, but still at 1.3% uh, only here in, in September. Any further comment on that uh, is small, but but uh, significant increase in detection of of, uh, of Delta? Delta coronavirus is, we are in the period of the year that we are expecting some activity of this agent, looking for the past years. And when we look for all the coronavirus, we have the input that we received from advisory council is that elimination program for these agents and elimination programs that was developed to eliminate PERS may have contributed for eliminate these agents from South Farms and we is contributing for this lower detection during this year. Great, yeah, thanks for bringing the comments from the advisory group. We, are, we appreciate their input to help putting perspectives on, on what we see in the diagnostic uh, data. So moving forward for the uh, last page of the domestic disease monitoring report. This last page covers detection of mycoplasma pneumonia by uh, DNA by PCR. And what we see here is that is that the the cyclic model predicts a higher detection of of uh, mycoplasma pneumonia this year. Sorry, this month, and that actually happened. So at at this moment, uh, we're seeing here the. This, the highest detection level of mycoplasma DNA by PCR in, in South Farms uh, of the last uh, two years. So it's really really on the high here, but no different than uh, what's expected by the cyclic regression model, right? Right, that's correct. And last month we explored in the uh, report num number 19, this increased detection of South Farms, and it was pointed out by the advisory council that we have more farms on elimination program these years, this year when we compare with previous years, and better technique sampling may have been helping to early detect mycoplasma in South Farms. So go, going forward here, the model uh, predicts for the next uh, couple couple weeks uh, that the detection of high uh, mycoplasma high pneumonia continues high and then start to drop as the 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 for the rest of the year we'll continue to monitor closely here all right so that is what we had for for this first part of the swine disease reporting system which covers the domestic disease monitoring reports which are all based on pcr detection and now uh the final page of the report is a part of this project that's called the disease diagnosis report and just reminding the the uh, our audience that in in this page the discussion is beyond just uh, pathogen detection. This is based on diagnostics interpretation of the 
of the case, uh, and it, it's a, it actually reports reports disease. And so, the take home from this page was that there was uh, a, a significant increase in some respiratory uh, pat pathogens, and uh, also from a systemic pathogen, more specifically, uh, increased number of cases uh, associated with disease uh, caused by PERS, influenza, uh, streptococcus suis, pasteurella multocida, and mycoplasma hyaluronemoni. Uh, further comments on that, what you hear from the advisory group on that? Well, these agents are endemic ones that circulate in the U.S. swine population, and during the fall months that are uh, September, October, and November, we have been seeing an increase in the activity of these agents. So it's something that we expected during this period of year. And uh, swings in the weather temperature, as we commented before, may have been contributing for this increase in detection of these agents right now. And additional to that, more uh, diagnosis for update vaccine strains have been mm -hmm. uh, done in the field. So these are the main contributors for this uh, detection at this period of the year. All right. So all the all the increases are within the expected. Nothing really uh, revealing popping up or no evidence of, of new pathogens or emerging threats. No. No. Okay. So that completes the disease diagnosis reports. Um, it has been six months, Giovanni. Just a quick follow-up question here on the on the on the specimens that have been submitted to VDLs for 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 PERS virus testing. Um, a few months few months ago, you talked about the increased detection of processing fluids as well as for oral fluids. So can you just provide some uh, quick su su summary with, with number, numbers comparing wh where we are right now uh, uh, compared to about 10 years ago on those specimens that are sent to the VDL for, for PERS testing by PCR? Over time, we have been seeing uh, this change in the pattern of specimens that have been submitted for the VDL testing for PERS where serum samples have been decreasing the, free, uh, the percentage of times. So uh, around 2007-2018, that represented more than 50% of all submissions. And now, in 2018, this, uh, 2009, sorry, this specimen is representing only 80% of all submissions. On the other way around, oral fluids and processing fluids have been increasing the uh, frequency that they are used for first virus testing. In 2019, oral fluids represented 35% and processing fluids 60% of all submissions. When we look deeply for the uh, age categories that are used for first virus testing, we see the similar trend in the age category adult so far, but here the processing fluids it's representing 35% of L submission, and that's basically because the circling piglets are categorized here. And when we look for the age category winter marked animals, we continue to see oral fluids increasing the percentage of uh, usage, and right now in 2019, it's representing 59% of all submissions for pulse virus testing. So this trend is changing over time and we have been monitoring this 
and this gives a, a good overview of what has been used for PERS virus testing over time. So clearly a trend of people using more population-based sample, uh, samples to monitor their herds as opposed to individual samples such as serum and, and swab, right? Picking up processing fluids and oral fluids or family oral fluids to, to monitor uh, depending on the age group. That's correct. It's basically what we have been seeing. All right, that uh, completes the agenda that we had today. And I uh, hope you listeners enjoyed the conversation. And we, we will be back next month with Report 21. Thank you. Thank you. Turn it on soft and low, baby let's go.